You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 21 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm great, Valerie. We're 21. How exciting. I know. We're legal in, in America. <laughs> What's happening with you? I know that you're preparing for a very big night tomorrow night. I know. Big, like a 24-hour overnight shoot. So I'll be doing uh, the Logies, uh, which is our TV, uh, annual TV award show. Like, like the, the Emmys. Emmys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, it should be fun. I got my hair done today. Oh, did you? Will you be wearing a gown? I know I won't wear a gown. I also got my nails done, Val. <laughs> Will you be doing yeah. manicam? Ma- <laughs> oh, I should, shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, no, I'll have all sort of manner of uh, technology set. I've been doing what I've been doing on a lot of shoots these days is uh, I have uh, my old iPhone. I use that as a, um, I take uh, stills through the night on it. I set it up and uh, it takes, uh, what's that style of photography where you take one shot after another? My mind has just gone blank. You know, um, time lapse? Time lapse, yes. yes. <laughs> I set it up basically, I'll set it up on a stand in the corner yeah. and, and I will plug it in because it uses a lot of battery yeah, and right. just set it to take a shot maybe every 10 seconds. So you see the sets going up and people walking on and off and it look, it's really cool. So, you know, that's just another sort of added thing that I've been doing lately that's a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. Where are you going to put, where are you going to put the results? Oh, I'll post them somewhere. Yeah, okay, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, things. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, a massive night. So I've been today's all a bit been all about conserving energy because it's like uh, just you can't. Yeah. I, I find that I can't. Uh, people think that like photography is about like just going shooting. If you're successful, you're shooting every day. But the thing is, you physically cannot shoot every day. And if you do, the photographers that do, after about three years, mm. they tend to burn out. So it's really important. I actually uh, turned down two jobs this week. Wow. Uh, because because I'm thinking of uh, this job uh, that I'm doing on the weekend, and also next week, uh, seven days in a row of shooting. Oh my and god! Just like uh, it means that I just won't have enough in the tank Mm. to keep me going I can do it Mm. but I'm doing it on autopilot and I would rather put in a hundred percent effort so these are the things that I like to uh, think about and consider when I'm shooting. You're the official photographer for the Logies and does that mean you're you'll be shooting the cover for TV week of whoever wins the Logie? No, no, I'm, I'm actually shooting for the broadcaster. So the, ah, the, I see. And so I was uh, shooting. I did, I think, about twenty logies for for the uh, for the magazine there. But this is uh, this is uh, actual a, a, a separate uh, shoot that's going to be happening for for Channel Nine, who's the main broadcaster of the logies. So all all the talent going through. Exciting. So it's a big, big, 
big shoot. Well, my news can't compare. No, I think I know what your news is, Val. Come on, share, because it's pretty exciting. My Apple Watch is arriving on Monday. <laughs> and um, Well, it's, you, particular, got... it's particularly exciting because it said that it wasn't going to come till June, but then I got the notification yesterday that it's already en route and it'll arrive on Monday. So there you go. You got one of those advent calendars that you've been each night going, <laughs> My little Apple Watch is coming in. No, because so I only often then <laughs> I only ordered it um just earlier this week, so I honestly thought I was going to have to wait weeks for it, but clearly not. Anyway, I will let you know how it goes. It's exciting, Val. It is exciting. <laughs> but let us move on to some of our links this week. What have you got for us? You've got an awesome link uh about flaws of all things. I know. So the shiny thing that I saw that I, I love. So there's this company in Dubai that actually take photos and the, there's something in the technology that they use like a self-leveling screen. They put the photo on an angle and they can make it look 3D and then they'll put like a, a like a clear polymer coating over it and a protective lacquer. And you can have like in your house, you can have like the ocean on your bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah, it looks or, real. Or dolphins mm. swimming around, or um, what a koi pond. Like, yeah, or mm. or like uh, starfish in the bath. There's someone that's uh, put it up in their bathroom, and and or in their kitchen, and the cabinets they've uh, they've painted like uh, to look like a real sky, and then the floor looks like uh, the the Great Barrier Reef. It looks fantastic. We'll put the link I in want. the show notes. I want. Yeah, I know. I want to. It looks awesome. And you also have a bizarre. Bizarre version of a selfie stick. This, I love. This is for people who uh, want to look like they've got friends, you know. So you <laughs> see people who are constantly taking selfies of themselves. This selfie stick has actually got a, like a hand on the end of it. So you hold the hand and the hand is in the frame of the photo. So it looks like you're holding someone's hand who is then taking your photo. <laughs> oh, my God. Like you've got a boyfriend, <laughs> yeah, you know, or a girlfriend. Uh, I'm sure. Do you think they would have a female version, the female hand? One would hope so. And do you think that, like, because it's like a hand, but then there's the 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 arm of the suit. Is they've, they've thought about everything. So, do you think that they would have like you have the casual version? Oh, yeah, suit? yeah. Or the or the tux version the or the, yeah. the man that you're dating mm. or there could be you know the guy that wears the shiny tracksuits you know yeah bit, or the hipster version i wonder if this is going to take be a off tattoo sleeve you yes know, suit arm absolutely wearing plaid yeah absolutely so um i'm not sure whether this is going to take off are you going to get one no, but I just loved it. So <laughs> it made me really happy that someone has thought of that, that someone thought, well, I don't want to look that lonely, so I need to put a hand. <laughs> well, let's move on to our topic for this week, and this is Portrait Essentials, the ultimate portrait checklist. I'm excited about this because I have to say, after la last week, I loved last week's episode. 
I, it, it was just such a clear way of explaining how to get off auto and onto manual mode. And so many people have already said to me that they have found the explanations so useful. And even my partner who um, uh, was saying to me the other night, you know, I've always not been able to get this right, but oh, I followed Gina's steps. Oh, that's great. And now I've got this, I, I get how I can get this particular kind of shot that he always wanted to get. Um, so, yeah, well done. I have to say, well done from me. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's all about confidence, Val, and it's just having that thing explained in a way that you go, right, it, got it. It wasn't just the confidence. It was it was all about the systematic thought process which you laid out. So if yep. anyone is a new listener, uh, I encourage you to listen to last week's episode. So that would be episode 20, and it's about how to get off auto and onto manual mode within 30 minutes. And it within is 30 minutes. really step-by-step, step, really great. But let's move on to this week's topic, which is portrait essentials, the ultimate portrait checklist, because there are so so many times when we shoot portraits, you know, mm. whether they be of our, you know, family or our friends mm. or, you know, if we're professional photographers, portraits are a very common thing that people get um, booked for or, yep. in my case, portraits of my cats. Yep. So take it away. Where do we start? All right. Well, so we're all doing the portraits. And do you know the difference between like a good portrait and a great portrait? is the details. It's mm-hmm. that little, it's those little extra one percenters. It's just re- remembering all those little things and correcting them in camera on the day t- can take your f- portraits from, from good to great. So what I'm going to do in uh, this episode is I'm going to tell you what are the most uh, common errors that can ruin a portrait. Mm-hmm. How to organize yourself uh, before the shoot to minimize all those errors. And finally, what to do on the day of the shoot to guarantee that you'll have uh, a great shoot and, and, you know, avoid all those little disasters that can actually wreck the shot. Okay. Okay? So it's a checklist, the ultimate portrait photography checklist. Love it. And of course, before we start, I've got a little quote. Okay. So I just. uh, you know, let me put my um, what's his name, Robbins, Tony Robbins cap on. I, I, you know what? Mm. I don't want to be known as Tony Robbins. Okay, don't be then. You don't, I don't have to love be. him as much as I love Oprah Valerie. All right, you can be Oprah then. So I'm going to put my Oprah hat on, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say the quote is: "Be willing to give that extra effort that separates the winner from the one in second place." And that's H. Jackson Brown Jr. Great. Be willing to give that extra effort that separates the winner from the one in second place. Okay. Okay. So it's those extra little one percenters. Okay. So it's all about remembering. So, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen to you, um, you know, Val? For me, it's running out of Nutella at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's a disaster. You know when you think there's a jar? Yeah, I know. That that sucks. It's like when you run out of scotch. Well, yeah. <laughs> just as bad. Just for me, bad. Nutella, for you, it's the scotch. What does that say about us? Anyway. So there's nothing worse than when you think you've got a great shot, a portrait, you think you've got everything right, only to get back and have a proper look at it on the computer and realize that there's something wrong and you've oh, actually yeah. ruined the shot. And so, you know... 
I've done every single one of these things that I'm going to list for you. And some of them, I, like I might have got away with, with a lot of extra work afterwards. And, and some of them um, have, have cost me clients, you right. know, and a lot of stress as well. Because, you know, after a shoot goes wrong, my way of getting over it is to actually eat the entire jar of Nutella, <laughs> curl up in the fetal position on the corner and watch something like One Tree Hill. <laughs> Season. Yeah, because One Tree Hill is the perfect series to watch when your heart's broken. Just remember that. Okay. It's like it's it because it's just like it's just perfect. It's got just the right amount of I don't know what and Nutella. <laughs> very very comforting. One Tree Hill. Okay. One Tree Hill. Go on. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask about that. All right. So some of the some of the things that I've had go wrong is like the the flash not firing co- correctly and and uh, ruining an entire wedding shoot. Mm. And I'm sure I've shared I've shared that story with you before. I've forgotten to bring cables along to shoots, card readers, so mm. that I've had to um you know shoot all of uh, not enough had not enough memory cards with me yeah. or forgotten card cables, so that I've had to shoot on like you know two or three cards instead of the ten that I was supposed to have. You know very stressful or forgetting to check the background of a shot and just shooting and then you get you get your shots back and you realize that there's something growing out of the back of someone's head that is very very common yeah okay forgetting to um change uh to charge the battery so you get on set you're in the middle of nowhere and the the battery starts blinking yeah that's stressful you know um and then I've had uh, inexperienced makeup artists who uh, apply the wrong colour of lipstick to a shoot ruin the entire shoot because oh. I'm not on the ball enough to pick it up on the day. But, you know, I'll make sure that that never happened again. So there's 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 more experiences and I'm sure that everyone listening has, has had uh, something. But the thing is that when stuff like this happens, it actually makes you a better photographer because mm. you remember it and then you tick it off and you add it to your list of things that you automatically uh, check off before you're getting ready for a shoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So before I'm getting ready for a shoot, and this is something that I urge everyone to do is, is to have like, have your gear mm. and have a list that you could maybe uh, type it up and have it laminated uh, in the lip of your camera bag so that like you can actually have a look and check everything off and make sure that you've got everything before you go out the door. Yeah. Okay. So like I know every single piece of gear that I might have. So I've itemized my, both my cameras or my lenses, uh, the, the speed lights that I have. I make sure I have my tripod the tripod mount. Now, this is something that people have forgotten. So there's some tripods that you need a special little mount that screws into the bottom of the camera Mm. that attaches to the tripod. Uh, For some reason, there's been like assistants that have unscrewed them and put them somewhere else. I've been on location, no tripod mount. Oh, my God. Okay. And so, yeah, you, that's, yeah, you, you cursing people. Um, you know, the other thing that you would want to add to the list is memory cards. And have you got all the memory cards and like list how many you have so that when you check, you know that you've got them all. Okay. I have two card readers. I actually have three because I've forgotten them so many times that I make sure that there's one in my camera bag, there's one in the car and mm. there's one even in my handbag. Mm. Okay. Uh, 
I forgot the laptop power cable just recently on a shoot. I had to borrow one. So, you know, um, you've got to remember that because it's just stuff that like, you can be leaving under pressure. You can get that phone call just as a, you're about to get, go out the door and you forget stuff. Mm. So make you sure. You really got, need a list. You do need and a I, list. And I strongly recommend that you actually also need to check it off. So even if yes. you do laminate it and you check it off in crayon or whatever so that you can – um, rub it out or ever since I, cause I travel so much ever since I started using this app called trip list where I can list every single item and I physically have to check it off on the app before it disappears. That's a good idea, Val. We might put that one in the show notes yeah, trip because list. I think that would be a, like another thing as well. I, I would also have the laminated version because there's, there are times when maybe, I don't know, someone else is packing the car for you. Yeah. Or the, the gear for you and then you you've got like that cross reference as well yeah okay definitely so um other things you might want to add to the list is like i've always got an external hard drive all your flash gear always have that spare torch and we talked about um i'm not sure uh if everyone's seen the blog post i did on uh uh focusing hacks but one of my focusing hacks mm. is in very low light to actually uh shine a torch uh, onto the area that you want sharp to create contrast. So the torch comes in really handy and I think everyone should have like a, you know, a $5 torch in their kit, yeah. you know, and, and for times when it's uh, too dark to shoot. All your cables, all your extension cables, all your um, modifiers, all your adapters, uh, pens, notebooks, sandbags, everything, okay? Mm -hmm. So list everything that you own, um, and, and check it off as you go. The other thing that you need to uh, check on on the, the before you shoot is, uh, and this is something you should do probably fairly regularly, is in, to ensure your camera sensor is clean. Mm. Okay. Now I send mine off and I get it cleaned uh, a couple of times a year. There are certain um, places that have a service that if you join their like their membership, that that they will turn it around in a day for you. If you want it uh, to not pay as much, then you wait a couple of days for the sensor to be cleaned professionally. Uh, I know you can do it yourself. Um, and, and it's fairly easy to do if you, if you kind of techie that way, it's not something that I would ever do because I know I would spill my cup of tea in there or, or sneeze <laughs> something, okay. you know, as soon as I've got it open, I'm looking in there, I'm like, something's going to happen to this. And then you, my cat will get cat hair, all the cat, cat hair, there'll be cat hair all over it or something. So, um, and the other thing, uh, just make sure, like, uh, regularly clean, uh, make sure your lenses are clean because there's nothing worse than doing a shot and making sure that there's a bit, bit of, you know, a gooby in the corner of your shot. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can, can try and pull it off as art. <laughs> I was going for that out of focus kind of cool look. In the, no, that's a gooby on your camera. <laughs> gooby is a technical term, Val, like yeah. kaka, like kaka lighting, gooby. Yeah. Okay. okay, got it. Um, make sure your batteries are charged and then you've got a fresh or a spare set as well. Uh, now this is one that a lot of people, uh, will have like ha have done. I've done it is like you're shooting away and you're going, this is great. Shoot's going so well. And then maybe at the back of your mind, you're wondering why your shutter speed is up around 2000 <laughs> being able to shoot so fast and the light is so bright. And then you realize that you're shooting at like 
5,000 ISO from mm. the night before mm. where you had an event. So mm. always check your ISO yep. is to the lowest that you want it to be. Yep. Um, check your shutter speed uh, is correct mm. and check your aperture is set to the way you want it. Now, the other thing, now this is something that shouldn't change, but sometimes people fiddle around with buttons Make sure that your camera is uh, set to shoot in RAW. Yep. And for those people who are not ready to go RAW yet, at the very least, make sure your camera is set to shoot RAW, but also to shoot JPEG. And when you're shooting JPEG, make sure it's set to shoot at the highest JPEG mm-hmm. size. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so you can put those RAWs away for, for, for later on. Yep. Right? Yep. Um. Okay, the other thing to do before you shoot is to make sure that you've uh, like met up with your whoever you're shooting. You know the people that you're going to be working with. You actually know what you're going to be doing mm. and you've got some sort of rapport sort of set up. You're not just going in cold, mm. okay? Mm. So there would have been like in some cases when I was shooting, um, starting out shooting and I, I, and I wasn't as confident as my in my ability to be – gain that rapport quickly I always had that pre-meet a coffee or something beforehand so we could talk over everything that 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 they needed to happen on the shoot Mm. and this 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 could be like a professional shoot but this could also be just like you know you're shooting um Jan in accounts for a (laughs) yeah okay Okay. you want to meet with her first and have a chat and just get all of that out of the way so it's not happening on the day of the shoot what exactly are you having a chat about or you're just saying hello really it's saying hello, but it's also like, what exactly are we going to be shooting? Yeah, and then and this and this is the time when I'm saying, okay, uh, Jan, these are all the things that I need you to bring on the day. So you're making sure that Jan has the right coloured stockings. Mm. Because sometimes she wears those, you know, those ones that she wears sometimes that aren't great. And she's got the, <laughs> she's got the right shoes. Mm. And she's got all the right outfits. Mm-mm-mm. Because, you know, it, it's pointless when she's at the location and she's like, I forgot to bring that. And mm. so you make sure that there's a complete shot list. And, and not having to rush through. On that point, I thought I would add, if you were shooting a series of portraits like maybe they are all in the same company or they're all in the same theatre production or they're all involved in the same project in some way make sure that if you are shooting them on different days you or on different locations you actually work out some level of consistency and Mm. I mention that because I'm involved in a project where I need to be shot but so do four other people and they shot me the other day and then they shot the other three and now guess what I have to go back and do a reshoot because they didn't have the same background they didn't have the same look they didn't pre-plan and think oh we should actually have the same look for all of the four people oh so make sure there's some pre-planning involved if you've got you know shoots on different days to ensure that you do have that cohesive look. Exactly. So I have yeah. to go and reshoot. Oh, Val. Anyway. So. <laughs> you, should, you should have set the tone for the other three. That's how it should have been. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't they change it to make them look like your shots? Yeah, well, <laughs> they, hey? they didn't – this is the thing. They didn't think about it till they got – they shot everyone and then they looked at it at the end. Right. Yes, I know. Bad planning. <laughs> I know. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so it's all about making sure that, that you're not leaving anything to chance. So like, I, and, and we have covered this 
the, the, the actual planning stage in great detail in one of the earlier episodes, mm. um, which I'll, I can't remember because I'm not Rain Man. <laughs> um, but and we'll, we'll maybe list that episode in the show notes of like how to organize a shoot properly. And, yeah. and this is included in all of this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that right, is so, pod, it, that's episode number six, everyone. Because you are Rain Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go on. So on the day of the shoot, um, a, a few things that you need to remember is just to double check that you've got like a safe location and there's no tripping hazards. So like just to have a look around, check that they're because people do slip, fall over, mm. like you check that the, the, if you've got the, if you're outside, there's like nothing that can be dangerous to anyone. And if you are shooting with lights, I always uh, tape down my lights and another thing I do is if um, I'm shooting uh, tethered or – and this is a hangover for when I was shooting with sync cords and on, on my tripod is what I do is like that point where uh, a, a sync cord or a tether cord goes into a camera, mm-hmm. if someone trips and and pulls that out of the camera, it can bend in the camera, break, and if you break it inside the camera, very expensive to a repair mm-hmm. or it can take the whole camera uh, with it. So little things I do is like whenever I'm um, uh, tying a cord to and tethering is I'll do a loop and loop it around a part of the tripod mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. So if it gets knocked over, it's it's not going to tug at the, at the camera part, the connection part. So just like a safety thing there. And I do the same with my laptop whenever I'm um, plugging it in, I'll wrap the cord around the leg of a table or something. So if mm. someone does trip, it's not going to take the laptop with it. So just little things like that because I've seen it happen as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, all right. The other thing to do is like make sure that everything's organized before your model steps on set. So test your lighting, everything, make sure everything works. And this mm. is where having uh, the stand-in, we have Wayne, yep. uh, you've got Kate, uh, I've been introduced to a few others on Google Plus as well that some of the people listening have all got lovely uh, mannequin models that can stand in. If you don't have a mannequin model, just uh, like sometimes I'll even put my tripod where I want the person to stand mm. and just shoot that so I can get – I can see what my background's going to look like. I can make sure that my lights are all right just so you're ready so that when the person that you're photographing steps on set, you are – you should be ready. Frame one should be usable. Mm, absolutely. All right. Mm. All right. So – and then the other thing is make sure that when the person is coming on, your energy is uh, good to go. You're in a great mood. You're always greeting the model with a smile. And, and it's like – this sounds so obvious, Val. Mm. But you would be surprised at how many photographers, when the model steps on set, they won't even look up from their phone. I wouldn't be surprised, Gina, because I've seen it. I have seen it. I, you know, you're amazing and you have developed that rapport straight away. I have worked with so many photographers who, photographers who do not acknowledge the model when they arrive, whether that, whether that is in a professional situation for a magazine or even when it is, you know, the model is the client. Yep. <laughs> and, and it's... And just backtracking to your point, uh, how important it is to uh, I, to to do the test beforehand, because I cannot tell you how many of the slightly less experienced photographers I work with who do not do the test, and then I've got my poor. This is you know in my days as a PR person as well, and I've got my poor client coming in, and then them spending the next half an hour testing the lighting and making the client feel uncomfortable it drives me bonkers. 
And it does make the client feel so uncomfortable and, and it undermines um, your professionalism as a mm-hmm. photographer because the person on set is thinking, you don't know what you're doing mm. because that's what it looks like. And mm. the photographers that are doing it think, think they are looking professional because I think, you know, it comes from the mindset that the, they are booked from the moment that the client steps on set. Mm. And so they're not going to do anything mm. until the client steps on set. And I... Yeah. I completely disagree yeah I completely disagree so and so get the energy right I you make an effort to uh I I always make sure that I'm the one who is answering the door bringing the person in and I have that little warm-up chat before they go into makeup get that all organized so important Mm -hmm. okay um check your background and make sure if you're outside that there's no objects that are going to be growing out of the back of the head. So mm. this is the first thing because it's like I did this for one of my first shoots with a national magazine and I didn't even notice. I was just like, oh, yeah, my lighting. Oh, my God, I'm on my way. I've made it. What a great, what a champion. Swaggered all the way back. Processed the files, Val. Still didn't notice. Just thinking how good am I, how good am I. Deliver it to the client. The first thing mm. the, uh, the um, picture editor said is like, what about the pole growing out of the back of her head? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, didn't see that. So uh, now that's all I see. Yeah, Okay, course. so just do a quick recce for that. Tripod legs, make sure they're tightened, mm. okay? So this is all like, you know, these are things that you're quickly setting up sometimes. You want to get it right. You don't want to keep people waiting and you might just like tighten the legs but not tighten them properly and the tripod just like falls over or like the story that I told you where I didn't um, tighten off the head of my tripod properly. It kept like slipping forward and donking the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the manager of the company oh. in, a, in, a, in a shoot on the head, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is like sometimes the base plate – of the of the tripod that attaches the the camera to the tripod mm. is not attached properly. Mm. It looks like it's attached, mm. but it's not. So you've got a very expensive camera that looks like it's not secured, and then you walk away, and someone knocks it, and it falls over. Yeah, yeah. Now that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Okay. Check to make sure all your cables are tied and looped in a secure way so that uh, maybe I should put a photo of what that looks like, Val. Yeah, do. In the show notes because it's a particular loop that I, 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 I do and it's like one that I'm, it's like, it's not that I know how to do any sailor's knots because mm-hmm. I don't, actually don't understand them, but this is just a loop just to protect the things. Um, again, make sure your lens is clean. If you're shooting outside, another thing to look out for is lens flare. And that's where like, you know, a little a lens flare can be from the sun or it can be from a, from a, like another light source. Okay. And it gets into the lens. And if it's like, it's very groovy, mm. if you want to take like that hipster style of, of photography, right. Mm. But if it's not, and you want a clean shot, that it can actually ruin your shot because it's very hard to get rid of in post-production. So just a sure. quick check on the back of the screen. And if you've got flare, it can easily easily be removed just by getting someone to uh, shadow your lens or having a piece of card mm. or having or just adjusting uh, the angle of the camera slightly or having a lens hood. Yeah. Great. All right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, now we're going to go into some grooming tips, Val. 
Right. So is this grooming as in you tell the person who you are shooting or you are yeah. grooming so I the think, person? I think, I, think, I think personal grooming probably goes without saying. <laughs> just, you know, make sure you have a shower on the day, all of that. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, do you tell – are you talking about the grooming tips that you tell the person before the day, before the shoot on no, how no, they arrive? Covered, we covered all of that. So okay. basically, have I covered that? So basically, uh, if someone's going to be going into hair and makeup mm. before the day, then I tell them to have uh, clean hair, pro- preferably washed the day before, mm. because if you're going to have a professional hair and makeup done, the makeup artists generally like to have like day old hair to work with because it's easier to style and work with. Okay. And then the other thing that if you're going to have a professional makeup artist, uh, clean skin. Mm. And and then make sure that, uh, that that your model brings all those extra little things like flesh tone bras and all of things. So I think all of this was covered in Rayman. What's the episode? <laughs> I have to look it up. <laughs> oh, Val. Oh, dear. I don't know. You put me on the spot. I think it was six. Could be. <laughs> you start six busting out lines all, from the movie episode, never <laughs> Episode six, yeah, was organising a shoot, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that that's all in there. But basically um, the grooming side of it mm. for women, these are all the things that you want to watch out for on the mm. shoot. And if you um, – because not everyone's going to have the luxury of a makeup artist uh, on set with them for portrait. Most of them don't have yeah. them. So these are things that you'll be looking out for and then you'll be asking the person that you're photographing to look out for, okay? Mm. So um, make sure that there's uh, the hair's in place and then there's no flyaways and uh, particularly covering uh, the eyes. Yeah. Very, very hard to retouch uh, hair off coming in, in places across the face that you don't want it. So it's easier because sometimes you get flustered on a shoot. You go, it's okay, I'll pick, fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is that one of your favourite sayings, uh, isn't it, Val? Yeah. Fix that in post. Mm. It's easier just to step step onto the set and just brush it to the side slightly. And if there are men who are listening and you think, and you might feel awkward or self-conscious for, you know, uh, suggesting some makeup things to women, trust me, as a woman, I would much rather you tell me so that I get a better shot rather than, you know, I go through the whole thing and I end up with a less than average shot. I would yes. much rather you tell me. After all, you're the photographer. I, I, you know, I trust that you see what's happening through the lens. Yeah, and 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 if you're a male and you're actually uh, feeling awkward about approaching a female model, uh, the, the the thing to do is just say. There are some flyaways at the back of your head. Is it okay if I smooth them down? And that's what I do with everyone as well, you know, just to smooth those down or can I smooth the jumper or that? And that's generally uh, perfectly fine after that. But do do ask first, but do do it because mm. it's really important. Yeah. Uh, the makeup uh, that people do, the base, make sure that it blends uh, into the neck and the rest of the body because there's nothing worse than seeing that line around the jawline. Yeah. And again, that's really difficult to uh, retouch. And another thing that uh, um, like inexperienced makeup artists might do is they'll, uh, they'll forget about the hands. If the hands are in the shot and say you've got a photo where you've got someone resting their uh, head in their hands, 
the hands are a different colour to the face and that can look odd in a photo. So it's like it can be really easy as just a matter of putting a bit of bronzer on the hands as well so that they match the face in terms of skin tone and making sure that it it all blends in, okay? Uh, Lipstick. Uh, lipstick can often um, it can bleed or can smudge or can be partially removed. So after people have uh, had a meal or a coffee or something like that, mate, just get them to reapply the, the fresh lipstick and uh, just make sure that the edges, the line of the lip is, is nice and sharp and clean. And, and so they're things that you want to check for. Again, on that point, particularly guys, because you might not think about this, if you have served a coffee or if the, your, your, your client or your model has had a coffee, have a look, absolutely have a look at the lipstick and do not be afraid to say reapply your lipstick because, yeah. you know, sometimes as a woman you feel like you're being too vain if you suddenly reapply your lipstick yep. um, for no good reason. And yep. so you don't actually do it, but if the photographer tells you, then you do. Yeah, very important one. Okay, and then the, and, and often uh, lipstick can go onto the teeth mm. as well. So just make sure that you uh, check that. Uh, and also after uh, people have eaten, and this like when you're on a, a, a film set, TV set, or any model shoot, the the, the first thing that and, and no one gets embarrassed about this, but like the model will stand on set and they will smile big and go, okay, any gunk in my teeth? It's mm. the first thing they ask, and it's like no one gets embarrassed about it because that's impossible to retouch out and that's just one of the side effects of like you've had something to eat, you know, check. Yeah. All right. Um, Fake lashes. Now, I actually uh, remember doing a, uh, a, a shoot for a, uh, f- uh, a lash company and, like, the lashes were so poorly applied <laughs> by a particular makeup artist that it took me hours, days, Val. Oh, no. I was cursing this makeup artist for oh. ages because on the day I couldn't really tell and when I had to zoom right in, I'm like, oh, my God, this looks – there was gaps, there was spaces. Oh, so it's well worth your while if, if people are wearing fake lashes to take even take a shot and zoom right in over the eye, right. okay, take a shot – and check it. And if you've got the makeup artist, you're still there, check with the makeup artist. And then if you notice gaps, get them to fill them in and straighten them and fix them up. Because again, very, very difficult to retouch that stuff out. And if you don't know if they've got fake latches or not, just zoom in anyway and have a look. Just zoom in and have a look because, you know, there might be um, sort of clumps of mascara and things like that as well. And mm. just check for, for that or that the eyeliner is not applied. It's... um. It's just worth checking beforehand and, mm. you, you know, just you just being really nice about it and you just go, well, you know, just is it okay if you just um, just tidy up this area a bit? Everyone wants to look good and take a great shot. Yeah. All right? Absolutely. Um, so make sure, again, this is really difficult to retouch out, but the things like, uh, you know, legs uh, are hair-free and um, armpits and bikini lines and things like that. So – this would be a conversation that you would have uh, before the shoot because <laughs> it's like you, you don't want them to be doing it on the shoot. So just ask them to do that. Um, and, and I generally suggest that if, uh, uh, women are waxing, uh, that they wax uh, like not the day before but a few days before. And okay? obviously this is only relevant if your legs, bikini line and armpits are going to be in the shot. 
Yeah, yeah. But it's again, it's very hard to um, touch out. Uh, and this is also a conversation to have before the shoot to make sure that uh, the nails are done if yes. they they're going to be hands in the shot. So um, and uh, or, and they're, they're like they're clean and uh, like have a like a, a nice manicure or something because there's nothing worse than chip nails and um, peeling nail polish. And never underestimate that, particularly if you are going to do any close-up shots of them holding a product or mm. them with fingers on the keyboard or them holding their phone or anything like that because, mm. I mean, the other day I had to do a shot where my hands had to be on the keyboard and it, the you could hear the photographer sort of mumble to his um, uh, assistant, oh, my God, I hope she got a manicure. But fortunately, I, I had just got my shellac manicure the day before. But that, not that they had told me. It was just by coincidence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it saves a lot. It, like it's almost impossible to have to uh, yeah. Im- do Im- that, that sort of stuff in post. Imagine so, if I hadn't got a manicure and I had heard him say, oh, my God, I hope she had a manicure. I know. Mm. But I've had, uh, I've had to wait um, like – 45 minutes on set while people get their um, toenails and fingernails painted because yeah. they just hadn't done them yet. So yeah. and the whole shoot is held up mm. because it's that important. Yeah. All right. Okay. So next, uh, grooming for men, believe it or not, very important. So um, mm. with men, there's a few things. Again, um, as a general rule, I don't like makeup on men. Um but there are some cases like I find that if I'm doing um, like a, a CEO of a company or men of a, a like a certain age group, some of them can have a like a, a slightly redder complexion mm. or broken capillaries yep. on the nose or, yep. or you know things like that. So uh, it's actually uh, worthwhile uh, putting on a base of makeup to mm. cover that up rather than having to do it in post production because it's really hard to remove that, to retouch it out. Yeah. It's really difficult to correct that sort of skin tone. So um, that's uh, that's a good thing to do. But makeup should never be obvious on a guy. So, it, and, and I say I say this and it sounds like, oh, well, duh, but <laughs> I've done shoots where the makeup artist is like supposed to just do a not like a nice, just give them a, like a nice sun-kissed look mm. and they come out looking like boy George. <laughs> You know, okay. mm-hmm. and it's like the makeup, the eyeline is obvious, the mascara is obvious, and it's just like it's not, it's not the right look. So just yeah. try and avoid that. Um, so stubble, if they're going to have stubble, then try and make it look neat. Um, you know, beards are all the go. Again, just make sure that they're they're looking neat. There's nothing growing out of them. So should you ask the guy to bring? I don't even know what guys use exactly on their stubble, but should you ask the guy to actually bring some kind of yeah, yeah. thing in case yeah. and his beard needs a trim? The, the trim. And, and often what happens is like what I've done with a lot of guys is like I will, if like particularly if you're doing headshots, like actors' headshots or models' headshots or even corporate headshots, sometimes I like to shoot them with stubble. Right. And then I'll shoot them clean. Right, on the I'll same get them day. To shave yeah, on right. the same day so Good. that they get two looks because they look totally different mm. in both looks. And like uh, stubble is suddenly really, it's perfectly acceptable these days yeah. to have it, you know, at all levels. So it's just another look. It's just like a girl changing her hair. This is mm. something that a guy can do to change up his look mm. as well. Okay. Now with hair, like hair, thick hair looks great 
okay, on a guy, it does. Not so much growing out of the nose and the ears, Val. <laughs> you think? Not a great look. Yeah. So um, that's something that if you notice that at the pre-meet, that like and difficult to bring up, but maybe like you know, just ask that they get that situation taken care of. Like there's trimmers and things like that, because again, very very difficult to um to retouch that. And I also wonder... eyebrows that are unruly, like really really wiry eyebrows, like you can just trim those a bit as well. Is there a more subtle way to go about that by perhaps sending them? a generic checklist that's not necessarily specific to them that they can yeah, think as a Yeah, it probably I checklist. would do that. Mm. Yeah, so that you don't even have to have that conversation and mm. just hope that they read it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, styling, just some styling tips. Mm. Um, Cuz you don't always have the luxury of a stylist. No, as in a clothes stylist. Exactly. So here's just a few things to uh, watch out for. As a general rule, try and avoid like stripes, logos and patterns because um, like particularly logos and patterns are going to date and and Mm. outfit stripes are generally not flattering on anyone, right? (laughs) Really. And then they can strobe and it's just like it's better like portraits, generally block colours are the best things to go for. All right. Um, make sure that clothing fits well. So if you want to make someone look bigger than they really are, then they're in clothes that are too tight. Mm. It's going to emphasize, like it's just going to make, it makes them look uncomfortable. So clothes should fit well. So sometimes uh, I, this might be a conversation that you have with them beforehand. It's like, you know, make sure you try on all your clothes before you bring them and make sure that they're, they're, they're clothes that fit you well. All right. Um, uh, Undergarments for women are really, really important and the right undergarments so that I always emphasize that they bring like a whole selection of different kinds because that's really important because you don't want to see the lines um, or visible bra straps in in shots and things like that. Watch out for um, glare in glasses that people are wearing. So this is something that when you're looking through the camera, you want to be looking to see that Mm -hmm. there isn't any, any glare in the lens. And so that's just a matter of tilting the face uh, to avoid the the, the lens glare uh, mm. from, from the glasses, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that the clothes are uh, correctly uh, steamed or ironed because that's when they look best. So, and, and make sure that there aren't any stains. So, again, you're checking for that. And wrinkles because it's like in, in, the, in the heat of the moment, you're on there, the set, you're seeing the lighting and everything and everyone's ignored the fact that it's like the, the shirt was really, really wrinkled. Yeah. And then that takes forever to uh, retouch out. So things like that, make sure that clothes are tucked in where they're supposed to be tucked in. Um, make sure that, uh, that, that the buttons that are done up, in, that, that are supposed to be done up are done up and the ones that are supposed to be undone are undone, okay? Mm. Um, for men, I like to keep jewellery to a minimum unless you're doing, you know, um, Jersey's ultimate mafia gangster. They love their jewelry, don't they? So, like, you know, but it's like just keep it to a minimum. And like, I, I also, I prefer to, that the guys take their watches off as well and have nothing. Why's that? It's I just that's I like it really clean. I like that clean look. So, but like, whatever your preference is, but like, I think less is more in that sort of regard. Um, ties on a guy should just hang just over the belt buckle. Okay. 
not halfway through the chest, not halfway down the legs. They're, they're like there's an exact uh, um, science to where it should uh, hang, all right? And also uh, with the jacket, uh, if it's a three-button jacket, it's uh, uh, always, sometimes, never, okay? So the top one you'd leave, you button up, the middle one sometimes, and the bottom never, hmm, all right? Good way to think about it. There you go. Um <laughs> If you've got a barefoot model, you're doing like lifestyle photography or you've got mm. that lovely shot where they're in their jeans and barefoot and all that or whatever, make sure that uh, the bottom of the feet are clean. So this is where you might want to have uh, wipes, wet wet wipes on the, on the set with you and you just like check the under because people have been walking around mm. before and then they get on set. And again, this is something that often gets overlooked. I've overlooked it so many times mm. and then you get your shot back and you go, what a shame. Look how dirty the feet mm. are in the shot. So just give them a quick wipe. Um, Wet wipes are handy. Very handy. Empty out the pockets. Oh, yes. Before someone does a shoot because it's like you've got iPhones and keys and or God knows what's in there and it can make the, 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 the line look really bulky. So that's another thing. And make sure that the pants are the correct length, okay, so they're not too short and they're not too long. That's if um, you're seeing the bottom of if you're the seeing pants. the bottom of the pants okay and then the other thing to watch out for is gaping um oh, in, yeah. the sh- in the shirt yeah. or um the jacket so so just check for that and that's often like you know you're doing like corporate shots and they're buttoned up and then they'll they'll bend forward and they'll just be like uh, gaping so they can often be uh fixed by just adjusting the suit or you might have to unbutton and if the 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 suit's too um too tight for someone mm. like I might get them to just uh, bring their hands in front and pretend like they're buttoning up their suit. Right. And then it disguises that. So because if a suit's not fitting well, you'll get this puckering. Yeah, that you It looks do. like an X. Mm. And so you just, you just want to uh, avoid that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay? Wow. Well, this is a great checklist. <laughs> Can you, have you taken a breath yet? <laughs> we will actually make sure that we put this checklist in the show notes so you don't have to scribble down notes furiously as you listen. <laughs> okay. Um, on the body, okay, you want to watch for like you just want to make sure that people uh, don't have like double chins or the way that their arms are held, like you know, no unsightly bulges. So just do it, do it, do a quick check over and make sure that like they're posed and they're angled in the right way to make sure that everything looks good. Okay. Mm. Now here's something that's often overlooked because again, there's so much going on, right? Yeah. What are the hands doing? Yeah. Right. So there's so many times when I've been looking at a, at a portrait and I've seen that like everything looks amazing, but because the model might be nervous, they've yeah. just got their hands like in fists, mm. they're clenched yes. or they're just looking really awkward. So, you know, that's the, that's one of the last things that I'll check and I always make sure that their, uh, their hands are nice and relaxed. Yeah. Okay. And looking good. Um, and then we're going into the like the extra stuff to make sure that you know the eyes are connected and smiling, mm. and uh, the body looks relaxed and natural, and you're making the best of um, everyone's features. So this this list might seem this checklist might seem really long, but I think what's really useful is that you've covered all of the important points, so that even if we do write it down now and check, you know, actually check all of these things, whether that is physically check off or just internally in our heads, 
Yep. The reality is after, you know, a couple of months doing this, it becomes second nature. A lot of yep. things will just flow and a lot of things will just come naturally. So you don't actually need to have, except for maybe your gear checklist, you don't actually need to have your, um, you know, this checklist next to you uh, all the time. So I think that's a great idea. Awesome. And I can hear Gary in the background. That's Hello, Gary. Gary. How you going, Gary? Don't worry, Mum's almost done. <laughs> so, so basically, we just ca- covered all the most uh, common errors that can ruin a portrait. Mm-hmm. All right, how to organise yourself uh, before the shoot to minimise all those errors and everything that you need to look out for on the day of the shoot so that you don't have those errors and you've got like uh, minimal uh, retouching and effort to do to finish it off. Love it. Love it. Obviously, Gary loves it too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will put this list in the show notes so that you don't uh, – so you have it just ready and you can, you know, copy it straight off Gina's website, which you'll find at ginamilitia.com. What are we going to have for our hashtag Gina challenge this week, Gina? Mm, well, how about the essential portrait? The essential <laughs> portrait. Yeah, yeah. Okay. However you interpret that. All right. The essential portrait we're going to have. I'm absolutely loving everything that's coming through. Uh, Your work is amazing that you've been showing me. One thing that I want to comment on, Val, Mm. is when I go onto Instagram and uh, like someone's – I notice that there are a lot of photographers that they have a great profile, they have a link to their website, Mm -hmm. but they're known as an Instagram handle that might not be their name. Yeah, right. But there isn't – their name is nowhere to be seen in their profile. Ah, there you go. So unless you're trying to be anonymous for some reason, that is a really yeah. good point. Make sure you put your name out there because that you're building your personal brands. People should know what your name is if unless you're trying to hide it for some reason. Yeah. But I can't imagine yeah. any reason that you know that so might be if appropriate. Yeah, if your business name is at Amazing Photos, right? At Amazing Photos, and then you've got the We Take Amazing Photos. But then who are you? Yeah, if because there's only one of you, then... There's then... one person. I need to know who you are so that I can actually... And it's not just me. We all want to know who you are so we can say, Hi, Jan, in accounts. Well, one of the things photos. that I emphasise in my book, Power Stories, the eight stories you must tell to build an epic business, I, I run workshops in this on personal branding. And people say to me, should I have, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want my name necessarily to be out there. I want my business to take the credit for things. I don't necessarily want to be in the spotlight. Is that okay? And my answer to them, and you know, they are the sole, they're, they're the main person behind their business. It's not like there's 20, 20 of them or anything. And my answer to them is, um, of course you can do that. You don't have to put your name out there, but it will just be 10 times as hard for you to resonate with people and to gain traction with people. So you just have to work 10 times harder because people remember people. People don't necessarily remember logos or business names, or they might remember them, but they don't connect with them. They don't connect with a a faceless organization, but they connect with a real person. That doesn't mean you can't have a business name. Absolutely have a business name, which might be at Amazing Photos. But if they know that John Smith is behind at Amazing Photos, they'll have a much quicker connection to you than if you don't put, you know, you don't show that you're a real life human being behind the business. 
Exactly. So there yep. you go. So check your profiles and make sure that you your name is in there so that we can all identify who you are and, and, and connect. All right. Awesome episode this week, Gina. So just remember, everyone, hashtag Gina challenge is the essential portrait. If you've just joined us, that's the theme of the shots that we're taking this week. And we put hash, we upload uh, our shots to hashtag with uh, and tag it with hashtag Gina challenge, either to Instagram or the Google Plus group. So you want to be a photographer. Love to see you there. Thank you to all all of you who have left us some reviews and uh, ratings on iTunes. Mm. If you do have 30 seconds, we would really be grateful because that certainly helps us with the rankings. And um, we've seen uh, our rankings go up there from time to time. So really appreciate those of you who are downloading and listening. If you have a question that you would like Gina to answer or, on... Or Gaza, because he's or, made a cameo yeah, this week. Yeah, so or, he might answer a question for you next week. That's week, right. Huh? If Gina or Gary to answer on the podcast. Podcast, email news at ginamilitia.com. And please also check out, um, sign up to Gina's newsletter, which you can find at ginamilitia.com. But until next week, I'm Valerie Koo, and I will be wait, uh, waiting with bated breath to hear all of the gossip that Gina has from the Logies tomorrow night. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and by the time this episode airs, the Logies will be a f- few days past. Um, and I and I hope to hear you know who got drunk and who pashed who and uh, <laughs> all the rest of it. So thank you for ev- for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com. <laughs>